Hello and welcome to History for Weirdos. We're your hosts, Andrew and Stephanie. And each week, we're going to take you on a journey into the strange, obscure, and relentlessly entertaining corners of human history. Now listen up, friends, because it's about to get weird. What's going on, weirdos? Welcome to episode number 41. And this week, Stephanie has a story for us. But before we start with that, I just want to make a quick announcement. Go ahead. We have our 50th episode coming up. Yes, that's true. In about two months. And we're both really excited. And we've both agreed that we're going to be doing an Ask Us Anything, or AMA, AUA, however you want to say it. Yeah, for the 50th episode, please... Send in your questions for us. They can email us at historyforweirdos at gmail.com. Right. Or just uh, DM us on Instagram. You can ask us about... Leave a comment. Yeah, leave a comment. You can ask us about podcasting, our podcast... History History, stuff. like just history in general, specific time frames, or even just about us. Yeah. I mean, honestly, ask us anything. You guys are weirdos. We trust that you will give us good questions. Oh, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Now, without further ado, Stephanie, what do you have for us this week? Well, Andrew, this week I am going to share the story of Annette Kellerman, the anti-pantaloon pioneer. (laughs) (laughs) Anti-pantaloon pioneer. That is what I That's really amazing. Yes. So, first of all, maybe you'll get into it. What's a pantaloon? A pan- I, don't, I don't know if I directly get into it. I feel like it's implied. A pantaloon is like almost like long shorts, short pants. So they're like shants? Not- <laughs> yeah, they're just like um, long shorts that you would wear like under clothes. <laughs> I don't know. That's okay. maybe something for us to Google. <clears throat> but they're essentially like really long shorts. Gotcha. Okay. Very antiquated, obviously. That's why we... Don't know what they are. Fair. Um, so Annette Marie Sarah Kellerman was an Australian professional swimwear sw- swimmer. I'm sorry, <laughs> vaudeville star, film actress, entrepreneur, and that's where the swimwear comes in. Mm. Women's rights advocate and writer. Kellerman's international success even led to actress Esther Williams portraying her in the 1952 Hollywood biopic Million Dollar Mermaid. That's an incredible title. How have I never heard that? Uh, yeah, you're right. I hadn't heard of it prior to this either. Wow. And and you'll see like throughout her life, you know, after that film comes out, um, Kellerman is referred to as Australia's Million Dollar Mermaid. <laughs> okay. Um, so as you'll see, she lived a really free and diverse life, but she is known and remembered for her scandalous rejection of swimming pantaloons in favor of the one-piece bathing suit. Oh my god, what a harlot. (laughs) That's definitely, I think, what people were thinking at the time. Very accurate. It's ironic that I was literally just being, like, facetious. I know. But the people were legitimately upset about that. Yeah, we will hear more. In For Annette's early life, so going back to, like, how she got involved in excuse me, all of these careers. Um, She was born in New South Wales, which I didn't know was a place. Oh, it's like a state in Australia. Yeah, New South Wales, Australia, on the 6th of July in 1887. Her parents were Australian-born violinist Frederick Kellerman and his French wife Alice Ellen Charbonnet, a pianist and music teacher. 
cool. So at the age of six, um, Annette Kellerman was diagnosed with rickets. Wow. And cre- this created obviously like a big weakness in her legs, necessitating the wear of steel braces even to strengthen them. Mm. So what is rickets, you might ask? Yeah, please. Because I definitely wondered. It's a disease typically found in children that causes, uh, or is caused by, excuse me, a severe vitamin D deficiency. And this disease Mm. is characterized by imperfect calcification, softening, and distortion of the bones, typically resulting in bow legs. Wow, that's so weird. Especially in Australia, there's a ton Mm. of sun. That is really weird. It didn't. I couldn't find any more information as to like what they thought caused it. I don't know right. how much in her time they even knew about it. But that's a really good point, babe. Like in Australia, that's the last place you'd think you'd have vitamin D deficiency. Right. Exactly. But there's also lots of foods that can um, supplement vitamin D that she mm. should have been getting, like milk and eggs. I think. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So who knows? I don't know what. What maybe it's a big brain biology thing that neither of us understand that some bodies maybe process vitamin D faster. I don't know. But um, she had rickets. And some of the symptoms will include, like I said, bow legs, weakness, pain in the legs, pain in the spine, pain in the pelvis. So lots of pain. A lot of pain. And it's so sad because this is, as I said, something that mostly happens to kids. It seems like it's also very preventable too, which is really sad. Mm -hmm. So to further overcome or to overcome her impairment, her parents actually enrolled her in swimming classes, thinking this would help strengthen her legs. Mm. And it did. By the age of 13, her legs had greatly improved. And by 15, she had mastered all the swimming strokes and won first race while also participating in local first in a race. I'm sorry. (laughs) The first race of many here. The first ever swim race. <laughs> no, I'm so sorry. Beat out Duke Kahanamoku. Kah- <laughs> yes. Throwback to the previous episode. My notes were sloppy. I'm so sorry. She won first place in, in some local race. Like by 15, she was already winning at these competitions and she was performing um, in diving shows. Oh, that's really cool, actually. Mm-hmm. So safe to say like her condition improved greatly. Yeah. I And I really don't know if they gave her... If they knew to give her more vitamin D or if they gave her more vitamin D, I don't know Mm -hmm. if anything else contributed to her getting better, but the story goes that her parents and her doctor thought swimming would help save her legs and she became quite an incredible swimmer. That's so cool. So in 1902, Kellerman won the ladies 100 yard and, and the mile championship. (laughs) <laughs> of New South Wales in the record times of 1 minute and 22 seconds and 33 minutes and 49 seconds. Respectively. Yeah. Okay. Respectively. Uh-huh. Um, okay. Yeah, I don't know what is up with these like early 20th century swim these races. Mile, They're just yeah. kind of, yeah, 100, yard, 100 yards makes sense. Yes. I mean, to this day, we still have the 100 yards. But like, yeah, like a mile, it's kind of random. Yeah. Huh. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, in that same year, her parents decided, because so, she's still a teenager at this point, right. her parents decided to move to Melbourne, Victoria, and she was enrolled in a all-girls grammar school, and her mom actually taught music at that school. Oh, cool. Also, congratulations on your pronunciation of Melbourne. Melbourne. I think our Australian listeners uh, will appreciate that. I really hope so. I hope I did it justice. Yeah, we didn't say Melbourne. No, Melbourne. Melbourne. There um, you go. So during her time at school, Miss Kellerman gave exhibitions of swimming. And diving um, at the main Melbourne baths. 
Okay. Which is funny. I wonder if that's just like the public pools, but it sounds like a bathhouse. Yeah, it sounds like ancient Roman baths or something. Yeah, but that's what it said. Um, She even performed, she did like mermaid performances as well at like the Prince Court Entertainment Center. Um, And she, this is all while in high school. She was doing two shows a day. Oh my God. Swimming with fish in a glass tank at the local aquarium. This is so weird. This is a great story so far. She was truly a weirdo. She really, what's the saying? Like, dance to the beat of her own drum? Right. This was definitely Annette Kellerman. Things that I think a lot of young ladies weren't doing in her time. Or yeah. just people weren't doing in her time, to be honest. She, right. She was right there in the weird stuff. So... On August 24th, 1905, she's 19 years old. Mm-hmm. Kellerman was the first woman to attempt to swing the Eng- attempt to s- swim the English Channel. Whoa, that's yes. cool. Um, after three unsuccessful swims, she declared, in quote, I had the endurance, but not the brute strength. Mm, it's hard. She got three quarters of the way there. So... God, I mean, she must have had like a boat or something like along with following her. her yeah. yeah for her to just yeah because you can't be like oh I'll just swim back yeah okay. <laughs> like three quarters away the there oh, i guess i gotta go back yeah <laughs> there must have been someone following her um but yeah. fun fact the first woman that would successfully swim the english channel was an american um, her name was gertrude caroline etterly and she successfully swam across the channel on mm-hmm. August 6th, 1926. And so wow. Kellerman first attempted in 1905. Oh, wow. So it would take quite a bit of time. It takes quite years. a while. Yeah. Okay. And I looked up Miss um, Gertrude Caroline Etterly, and she's mm-hmm. like, she is very strong looking. Like she has a very mm-hmm. uh, like broad shoulders, tall frame. Like traditionally masculine traits. Traditionally like a, a swimmer's body, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. That's true. Um, and Miss Kellerman I don't know if this has anything to do with it, but she has she's known for, as you will see, for her for her very feminine body. Oh, okay. So I wonder if it was a hindrance. Yeah, well, it's, I mean, to her, it said she didn't have the brute strength, so yeah. I wonder if it was. Yeah, Kellerman helped popularize the sport of synchronized swimming. Um, after her very famous, apparently, 1907 performance of the first water ballet in a glass tank in New York's Hippodrome. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Whatever. It sounds really weird. It sounds so weird. <laughs> Even by our standards. Yeah. Um, in 1911, she also appeared on Broadway in the title role of Undine, and this kind of kicks off her acting career, which you will oh, see cool. in theater and in film. Oh, very nice. Kellerman also gets married to her American manager, James Sullivan, on November 26, 1912. Wow. Okay. So she's busy. Yeah, she's having a great old time. She's doing things. So let me get into her swimwear and her controversy. Oh, heck yes. So going back in time a bit, in 1907, when Annette Kellerman first stepped out onto um, this beach called Reverie Beach, wearing a one-piece bathing suit that ended in shorts above the knee. Wow, that's so scandalous. Her legs caused quite a scandal on the beach that day. That's, you know what's kind of crazy about this too is like in the third and fourth century um, AD, mm-hmm. there are Roman mosaics of women in two piece two piece bathing suits that look similar to like what women would wear today at the beach. That is so weird because yeah. these folks are scant like how they're strange. so scandalous, but it's like oh well, humans 
did, have been doing this forever. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure. And I'm sure so many cultures, people swim naked, all of those things. So right. this is just very silly. But um, for anyone wanting a picture of this scandalous ensemble in their minds, it's basically a unitard. <laughs> <laughs> with shorts, though. It's just like a unitard with shorts. Um, so it's really not, it's not scandalous at all. After this, Kellerman advocated for the rights of women to wear one-piece bathing suits, um, which was very controversial at the time, as women were expected to wear pantaloon suits. Pantaloon, That's where there the we pantaloons go. Come in, and there's a fairly well-known story, though apparently there's no like police records of this, but it's a very well-known story that Miss Kellerman was actually once arrested for wearing one of her one-piece bathing suits for public indecency. Right. For the unitard. Absolutely. Pantaloons are much more modest. Of course. Unsurprisingly, Miss Kellerman was also not a fan of the corset, and I wanted to add this quote, um, how she describes them, because I think it's very funny. She described corsets as fiendish things, injurious both to body and health, oh in gosh. her 1918 book called Physical Beauty, How to Keep It. Oh, wow. Okay. I'd be really interested to see what it looks like, like what her tips oh, are now, that'd be, like 100 that's a really years good later. Point. Yeah. I wonder if you can find it. Um, So the popularity of her one-piece suits resulted in her own line of women's swimwear, of course. Oh, my gosh. It's the entrepreneur in her. It's the thing she was known for, and so she decided to sell it to other people. And just one-piece bathing suits in general during this time became known as Annette Kellerman's. Oh, whoa. Kind of like how today we say, like, Kleenex when we mean a tissue. Right, exactly. Everyone would be like, oh, I'm wearing my Annette Kellerman's, which just means I'm not wearing pantaloons. Um, so these are the first step towards, obviously, more modern women's swimwear and more freedom for women to wear right. what they feel comfortable in in the oh, water. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. So in 1916, Kellerman became the first major actress to perform nude. <gasps> on scene when she appeared yes fully nude in a film called a daughter of the gods made by fox films corporation a daughter of the gods was unsurprisingly the first million dollar film production (laughs) that's incredible Mm -hmm. wow that's that's actually kind of scandalous i will say that is pretty scandalous yeah but, like many of Kellerman's other films, this is now considered a, quote, lost film, as no copies are known to okay, exist. that's, like, nuts to me, that even, like, the parent company doesn't even have, like, a single... Doesn't know where, where files are. Like, this be. is, like, your IP. Mm-hmm. The first... Man, that's actually... This is... I wonder if this, like, is one of the reasons why, like, the National, like, Film or Archive or, like, the... Oh, yeah. The National Library of Congress, I mean, a- is, like... Apparently, the being a lost film was really common for films of this time. They were just... We don't have records of them, even though they were such a big part of popular culture. Right. Like, how can that, like, even be? That's so weird. Yeah. So, as you can see, Miss Annette Kellerman was not afraid of scandal. Right. Not only did she not wear pantaloons, she wore no pants. Sometimes. And nothing else at all. And nothing else with them. Um, But she just overall sounded like a really cool woman. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to share some additional fun facts about her. So in 1908, after a study of 3,000 women, it sounds very problematic, Dudley um, Sargent of Harvard University dubbed Miss Annette Kellerman the quote-unquote perfect woman because of the similarity of her physical attributes to the portrait Venus de Milo. 
Okay. So she's not, she was very oh. curvaceous. Oh, so like very classical looking. Very classical looking. So that was something she was known for, um, for the rest of her life, basically, as, mm. as having like the quote unquote perfect female body. Interesting. Which is obviously like a super narrow um, view of bodies. Right. But this study particularly looked at what the proportions would have been on Venus de Milo if she were like an average woman. Mm-hmm. And Miss Annette Killerman fit those. Wow. Mm -hmm. Good for her. Good for her. So during her Fox film series related to this, she was usually billed as, like they would advertise her in movies as Australia's perfect woman. Interesting. Yeah. So after, she was also, I'm sorry, a lifelong vegetarian. um, And she even owned a health food store in Long Beach, California. Oh, wow. Later in her life when she was done acting. Um, Kellerman's large collection of costumes and theatrical memorabilia from like her underwater stuff, her film stuff, her theater stuff was given to the Sydney Opera House. Mm-hmm. But today you can find many of these original costumes and personal pieces by the Powerhouse Museum in Sydney, Australia. Oh wow, cool. So if anyone's there, I suggest you go yeah. stop by the Powerhouse and the check Powerhouse. it out. Yes. So she was a really interesting lady. Yeah. But unfortunately the end of her life did come. After living in Long Beach, California, she and her husband returned to live in Australia in 1970. Kellerman outlived her husband um, and passed away in Australia on November 6, 1975, at the age of 88. She was cremated with mm-hmm. Roman Catholic rites, and then her remains were scattered in the Great Barrier Reef. Oh, wow. She had, they had no children together. Oh, wow. This is, that's a pretty um, long life, though. I mean, 88. So. Yeah, a really long, like, cool life. You know what? Like, I wonder if he, she ever met the Duke, the Great Kahuna. That's, yeah, and he went to Australia. Yeah, he went to Australia. Like, he was tight with all the Australians. So I'm And wondering... she was a famous Australian swimmer. Yeah, so, and she rose to fame, I think, right around the time or right before he did. That's so cool. Well, it sounds oh. like she was famous before him. Yeah. Like, a little bit. Uh-huh. But that they definitely s- overlapped. Amazing. Yeah, that would have been really cool. Um, so that, my friends, is the story of Annette Kellerman, who went from suffering from rickets to becoming a symbol of female health and the center for controversy. For showing her legs. For showing her legs. <laughs> for not wearing pants. Wow, that's so scandalous again, yeah. And then I just want to say my sources are the National Film and Sound Archive of Australia, the Women's Film Pioneers Project, which is done by Columbia University, my oh, alma mater. Nice, nice. Boston.com. <laughs> That's so random. Had information on her. <laughs> wow. And Wikipedia. Because, of course, we have the to. The end. Wow, well, thank you so much for that. That was really good. I, I had no idea about this woman. I never knew she existed. I didn't either and she did a lot of really cool different things um i don't know i just i there's also videos of her that you all can look up on youtube like videos of her swim very old old timey videos of her swim performances that's so cool she just seems like a real free spirit during a time that i think was very not free spirited right that i will say though that that was a trans she did like kind of rise to prominence during a very transformative time of like technology and things like that Mm -hmm. i was gonna say like western culture technology like and it was also a weird time you're right yeah you know world war one transitioning from like the kind of like the 19th century old world Mm -hmm. to like the modern 20th century yeah the quote-unquote modern yeah modern world that's true exactly But I hope you all learned something today and enjoyed this episode. Yeah, thank you so much, guys. As always, if you want to reach us, 
our email address, historyforweirdos at gmail.com. Also, you can uh, reach us on Instagram, just at History for Weirdos. Thank you, as always, so much for listening, Weirdos. If you enjoyed this or any of our episodes, please share with a friend or rate, review, subscribe, all the good stuff that help us grow. Right, because it absolutely does work. Yes, thank you so much, Weirdos. Until next time. Yeah.